Good day fellow investors, we live in really really great times. Today we can talk, discuss, hear things from great investors practically on demand here on YouTube. 40-50 years ago Warren Buffett did two television interviews and that was it and that was not on demand and very few people saw them. The link to the videos on Buffett are in the description below. Amazing interviews. Listen to them too after you finish this video. In this video I just listened to a one and a half hour presentation discussion Q&A with Monish Pabrai which is one of the best value investors out there still doing his job and he's doing two interview sessions a month as he said in the discussion and we can see most of them here on YouTube. In this video I want to really summarize a little bit the discussion and encourage you really with the goal of listening to the whole video. The one and a half video link will be in the description below. I think just a thousand people watched it over the last 10 days which is really ridiculous for the immense knowledge that Monish is sharing there with us. And we're going to go to a few topics Nick Sleep's letters, that's also something that I'll cover in depth in a few videos. Monish mentions it in this book. I'll read the chapter 6 on Nick Sleep's letter as soon as I finish this book, which I'm reading now. I'm somewhere half, and I'll do a summary on this too. And also, I'll then dig into Nick Sleep's letters. And, and as I'm really, really curious about this new concept of value investing that Monish also discusses, he discusses stocks, 10 cent rain industries, heritage growth properties. So, a lot of knowledge summarized into a one hour and a half, and then even trickled down into this video. So, as always, if you get value from this video, please smash that like button. We are a value investing channel. Maybe we'll interview also Monish one day. That would be amazing. So, subscribe and of course like because that supports the channel. Let's start with the content. The new concept that Monish they say changed his strategy but I don't think he changed the strategy. He's just building on the strategy that worked really well in the past of buying undervalued assets and then selling them when the price was right. Now he learned a lot from Nick Sleep where the introduction was, I think he got it from this book. He's also mentioned Nick Sleep is chapter 6. We'll cover it also in a video. And it is about the scale economy share model, what Amazon does. So they scale the business, the economy, it's working greatly, but then they share the profits with the customer. Similarly, he mentions Costco, great business, but he says that they could easily charge more. They could easily charge more, but they don't want to because they think that over, it wouldn't increase incredibly their current profits but lifelong profits would be lower. And that also reminds me on a recent conference call that I listened on Alibaba. They said how they will lower margins, in, improve the situation for the vendors. And then all the analysts were but you will make lo lower profits. To, but then when you think it that's what Alibaba is doing. They are doing what Amazon is doing. So really trying to create such a connection with 
the ecosystem within there that they share the profits of the scaling also with all the entities involved. So very, very interesting, keeps the business growing. And when you find such a great business, then the runway like Nick Sleep found free businesses, Berkshire, Costco, Berkshire, and everything else. You don't need to do anything else. So that's something we'll discuss more in depth with the Nick Sleep. So subscribe, check out the videos in I think a month. So two weeks, give me a month to do that. Now, small issue with such great businesses, and he mentions Walmart, and he mentions, later we'll discuss also Tencent, he mentions how only the Walmart family, Walton family, held the stock since the IPO and before the IPO. And I remember when researching Walmart, I remember it fell 50% from 71 till 74 or even more. So it was really a difficult stock to hold, but only those who held received the miraculous returns that Walmart did. If we just look at Walmart, so before it was even cheaper, so from 30 cents in 1981 to $142 now. But there were also long periods of nothing. So this is what, 16 years of down 20%. Of course, it is really difficult to hold such thing in your portfolio, but those who don't desist, so look at here, five years minus 14% while everything else was exploding. That's really, really difficult to invest in, but the rest is history and really, really great performance there. Now, also they touch a lot of India. It's an Indian uh, conference or chat there. So a lot of questions on India. Monish Pabrai says that India is a minefield for investing. You have to be really, really, really careful that truly great businesses, HDFC, bank, are great businesses, the best bank in the world probably, but really always trading at a high valuation. So not really a bargain, not really a no-brainer like another stock that we'll mention in a second. And you can see also the performance of HDFC, really, really amazing, truly remarkable chart reflecting a great business. And he says that one thing is getting exposure to a sector Everybody wants exposure to India, but that's also something he doesn't do. It's not about exposure to sector or country. It's about finding the right business. And only by looking at right businesses, you can get also exposure to the country, the positive trends, but always as value investors do it, never go top down, always go bottom up and then you will find things. That's also what I do with my research. So bottom up, one by one, and then here and there you will find great investments. Let's discuss deeper the value investing concepts that I summarized from the interview. Now, the first interesting topic was valuations. Everybody thinks that value investing is price earnings ratio of six. No, value investing has nothing to do with valuations. Value investing has to do with value. Value is the present value of all the future cash flows discounted at a certain rate or your required rate of return. If that intrinsic value is below the stock price, then 
you have a value investment. Growth is an essential part of value, which is something that we value investors often confuse. And now also, how to find great investments? What, that was the question. How to find these great investments? And many people say, okay, you have to find great returns on investments, great management, great allocations of capital, a moat, hopefully, but also something that Monish discusses even better if you find Nick Sleep's let's say, economy share model business where you have a moat and scalability and everything. But he also says when it comes to research, a big fallacy for investors is you want to find the best business. It's impossible to find the best stock out there. The key is to focus on your circle of competence, on what you can do and find one, two great investments, good businesses over a year, over 10 years, you'll find 20 maybe, and from those 20, you'll find one that will be the one for your lifetime. That is value investing. You don't care about what others do, you just care about finding the good for you. Also a question about 150 unicorns in India, which one of them, how to invest in them? And then Monish says that the valuations there are already crazy, some of them will certainly do amazingly well, but you as a value investor should invest in something like that or in any other investment only if it is a no-brainer. Which means, what does it mean no-brainer? And we'll discuss with the other stocks. No-brainer means the possibility of downside is limited and the upside is huge but uncertain. That's the best value investing opportunity. Let's say that you have an investment at one, the upside is from two to 10. Wall Street and investors hate this uncertainty. Will it be two or 10? When you have something like that, you know that the worst case scenario is a two. So that's a no brainer. If it goes to 10, even better. And one of the no brainers is Tencent, Prosus, Naspers, something covered on my stock market research platform. Check that out. I'm always increasing the price of the platform. We'll be doing that by the end of the month. So if you want that kind of discount, check it out. Tencent and I've listened to the conference call updated this Monday and I'm listened, okay, they invest more in the business into this economy scale share model. And I adjusted my model about Tencent, lowered a little bit the projections about future growth. And then Monish says that it's undervalued is totally undervalued and that there are too many ways for Tencent to win that it is really a no-brainer investment. If we go to my Excel stock table that you can download for free in the link in the description below and then in, if we go to my valuation of Tencent then this was made I think last, last here in March so cash flows 14 billion dollars if we put a growth rate of 25% over the next five years, five to 10% years down the road, 15%, and the terminal multiple discount of 30 in 2030, the intrinsic value is 907 billion. If I compare it to the current market cap, Tencent is hugely undervalued. Also for a 10% return, this is 300, this is upside of more than 50. However, 
if I lower the margins a little bit, but then I have to increase the margins down the road, the growth down the road, because they are investing for that growth. So again, I am there. If I try to be a little bit more conservative with a 20 multiple on what Tencent is building, and then I get to the present value. However, still a value investment from that perspective. The only problem is, from a value investing and also listening from the for the conference call is that it is uncertain. They are investing, they are building great management, great everything, building that ecosystem that they have de developed incredibly over the last 20 years. And it's always unseen. And also they say, the management said in this conference call, we are investing something into X. We have no idea what the outcome will be. If we do good, the outcome and profits and margins will be amazing. So something that you can't really model, it's all about this investing in the uncertain based on what they are doing. So impossible to model like I did here. So this model is completely futile. It's about owning Tencent and being a proud owner. And talking about proud owners, Nespers owners invested 30 million in Tencent about 20 years ago. They, when they founded it, when they started buying from Li Ka-shing and Li Ka-shing focused on smaller businesses, old school businesses. So he could have been 10 times richer than he's now with CK Hutchinson, etc. Nevertheless, if the business is still improving, if it, the business is still growing, scaling, you might always strongly reconsider the urge to sell. Because Monish says that Naspers, the owner of Tencent or Prosus, now they're reshuffling things there, they were under the pressure of selling from six months after the first investment, when it was 1 billion, 2 billion, 10 billion, 20 billion, 100 billion, and now 500 billion. They sold a little bit, but mostly they kept their stake. They found a great business and then they sat on it for 20 years. So the same as Nick Sleep did with Amazon. I think he started buying at 30. He bought also later so some hundred beggars there if we look at tencent since it went public in 2008 also 50 beggar there you just needed to buy and then there were a lot of times where you might have been tempted to sell but that's owning businesses that's perhaps the key message of this uh, interview and also what monish is shifting to or building onto the value investment strategy of really owning businesses for the long term. The stock that he mentions and he is long also as a great value investment is heritage growth properties, something that I'll have to dig in deeper. Perhaps I'll make a video if I find something interesting. Rain Industry, his Indian company, he bought here somewhere around 35 rupees looked it go up 10 times and more then go down 90% and now again up. He said that prior to the new change in theory he would have sold earlier, much earlier, but now he fell in love with the business, with the management and he is now more of a Nick Sleep kind of investment. And here he said something very peculiar and why you need to read the annual reports and everything. He said that the company was investing, buying a company in the US, buying a company in Europe, but with non-recurse debt. 
which means that if the transactions, if the deal fails of that leverage, they bought these two companies just by using debt. And that's it. Nothing should happen to the Indian company. So that was a no risk, low risk, huge reward, which is pure value investing. And that's why he bought Rain Industries back then. As he learned more about the company, he now really loves the compounding, the management and everything. If you are from India, you might want to take a look at that. We already mentioned HDFC Bank as the bank bound best bank out there. So if you're looking for an Indian bank, you might want to check. It's also traded on the New York State Stock Exchange. Check my research platform before month and here is the review. Thank you for watching. Looking forward to your comments and I'll see you in the next videos, of course, about value investing.